Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Knit British podcast. Knit British loves to support wool that's been grown, spun or dyed in the UK and on this journey, exploring all the connections of Britishness in wool and knitting. I'm your host, Louise Scully. In this episode, I would like to state for the record that I now knit socks. We've got that. A review of West Yorkshire Spinner's illustrious double knit. A book review of In the Footsteps of Sheep by Debbie Zawinski. So grab a drink. Today I have some strawberry and mango tea. Grab a whip and let's get going. Knit British is sponsored by Brit Yarn. Brit Yarn gathers the very best in British wool into a bright, cheerful online shop. New at Brit Yarn this month are West Yorkshire Spinner's signature sock in seasonal shades and three weights of Lincoln long wool reared, sheared and processed in Lincolnshire. Visit www.brityarn.co.uk or click on the logo in the show notes. Hello and thank you so much for joining me for another episode and if this is your first visit I do hope you enjoy yourself and that you are all well. Uh, For those of you who don't know the the podcast, Knit British is not only a journey into exploring the connections of Britishness in my own knitting and wool choices uh, but it's about encouraging you to knit local too and maybe you can share what you find with us here on the podcast. In addition to all of that, we have the regular editions of Cast On, Cast Off, news, reviews and interviews. And I hope that you enjoy listening and feel part of the Knit British community, uh, who are all sitting around you, listening with you. So make sure that you pass the nibbles all the way around you at the back. Yes, thank you. Um, You'll find that um, the Knit British Group on Ravelry is full of lots of friendly chat and lots of enabling too if you don't get enough of it over here at Knit British. Before I go on with the show, I just want to say thank you so much for your feedback from the most recent episode. Your messages about the meaningful knit section were lovely and and I'm really glad that you want to know more about the stories of our stitches. I certainly do. And there definitely will be more of those in the future. There's certainly a lot from Shetland uh, that I recorded. So so thank you for your feedback on that. And I'm really glad that you want to hear more. And it was great to hear how I kickstarted so many of you into booking your trains, planes, automobiles and hotels for Edinburgh Iron Festival 2016. And I'm very glad and I'm glad to, to see you there. And I'm glad that you're organised because now you have the peace of mind that you just need to it just needs to get here now. <laughs> Watch the space because there'll be more uh, from the Edmund Yarn Festival uh, in the podcast in a couple of weeks. On with the show. I'm trying to podcast and um, look at my notes, but my hands are really sticky because I'm making, or I'm trying to make, um, some flavoured mixed nuts um, which are sort of candied with um, lots and lots and lots of paprika and lovely stuff. Um, I'm giving it a go for uh, Christmas um, 
And so if it's nice, then everyone in Edinburgh that I know will probably, will probably be getting uh, flavoured nuts for Christmas. Um, but yeah, it, lots of uh, kind of salted caramel goodness as well as paprika. So, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, anyway, on with the show. As I said at the very beginning of the, of the podcast, I knit socks now. And if you're a long-term listener of the podcast, uh, you'll know that this is a very new development for me. And it was one of my focuses for 2015. And it, um, it had been a resolution of a good couple of years in the past, but it's only this year that's come to fruition. So who knew that it was more achievable if you called it a focus rather than a New Year's resolution? <laughs> Since the end of October, I've knit three pairs so I kind of feel three pairs is sh- surely a trend for me, yes? I mean, people tell me that I am now addicted. Um, I don't know if I'm addicted. I don't think I am addicted. I think I just wanted to make sure that I got my brain into the practice of doing them. So that, you know, I don't just didn't knit one pair and then never knitted a pair again. So I think that's why I've knit, you know, a few pairs in, in the last few weeks. I was supposed to go back in my knitting life. It's not just that I couldn't knit socks. Um, it's just that they never really appealed to me as a, an item to knit. But I probably should also explain that I, ha- I do have a condition, uh, one of the side effects of which means that my feet and hands can get extremely cold at times. So it's not like I don't like warm feet, because I really do. Um, but I suppose there were just, for me... There were always other things to knit and always other things I wanted to learn. Because as I always say, knitting is a constant learning curve. There's always something new to learn. And, you know, perhaps it was just inevitable that I would eventually get around to learning socks. So when Isla launched the Brit Yarn GB Socks Away, I was already armed with a skein of the knitting goddess Brit Sock, which I had to review. And I thought, yeah. It's now it's now is the time to give it a go. Gonna, you know, support Isla's Cal and gonna knit me some socks and not stop at just one sock, which happened when I tried to knit socks for the first time a couple of years ago when I did the the rye sock by Tinkan Knit and it was just one sock in Shillsdale Aran, which has since been ripped. I, I did have it as a Christmas decoration for a few years because it was a nice red colour, but I thought I'm going to put that yarn to better use and not have this one sock remind me of my failings as a sock knitter. For the, the GB Socks Away Cal, I knit the round and round socks, uh, which is a pattern by Joy, the knitting goddess. Uh, and they're just a vanilla top-down uh, sock with an afterthought heel, which I think I said in the, in the last podcast or the podcast before when I talked about knitting them, I I thought afterthought heel was maybe something that you sort of graduated to. I didn't think that it was a heel that you could begin knitting with. I always thought, you know, you turned a heel. There was a big emphasis on learning socks that turning a heel was a difficult thing. And I thought that, you know, you graduated to afterthought heel. But you don't have to. You can you can do an afterthought heel. It's fantastic. And you basically, for anyone who doesn't know what an afterthought heel is, you basically knit from the from your top ribbon to the place where the heel would be. And then you take those certain amount of stitches that you need for the heel and you put them on a bit of waist yarn. Then you continue knitting so that you're knitting a tube basically until the end. Uh, once you've finished, then you take out that pick up the stitches and you take out that little bit of thread 
where the stitches are and you knit in the round your heel and I was pleased as punch. I really, really was and I've got them on now. Uh, they're very, very cosy. Um, and I think there are quite a few chuffed first time sock knitters in the cal. And I could have, I could have left it at that. You know, I could have gone, socks are done. Don't need to worry about them again until the next time I, I am I feel the need for socks. And I thought, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on, I think. And then my friend, um, she works as a tour guide and she was complaining that her feet get really cold working on the stone floors um in, in our place of work. And so I thought yeah, I'm a good friend. She She's the kind of friend that never asks me for knitted things. Because as we've spoken about in the podcast before, life is too short to knit things that you do not like that other people want you to knit. But because she's never asks for things, I thought, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna cast on some socks for her. So I cast on the rye socks um, because she needs a, a nice thick warm sock for working on stone floors. And uh, I knit this in some West Yorkshire Spinners Air Valley Arran. And these took no time at all. I don't know why I stopped with the first ever sock that I knit, that first dry sock in Chillsdale. I think what happened was I finished my sock and I was really pleased with it. And then I left it for so long that I forgot the cast on method that I used. And uh, and the, I think just the way went off me. But I, I did think, oh God, this is really silly because these socks are so quick. And as soon as I finished knitting the cuff, you know, for the first rye sock and, and change my needles to a larger size, I cast on the next cuff because I thought if there is going to be any second sock syndrome, I'll, I've already got the next one sort of started. It's a great pattern. I love Tin Can Knits patterns, uh, particularly the ones from the Simple Collection, which are all free, by the way. And they've got such great tutorials uh, which accompany them and helpful advice. I never thought you know, and all this new development sock knitting, I've never thought, why haven't I been knitting socks all of my life? Um, because, as I say, aforementioned, I had other learning to do and other knits that wanted to be knitted. But I am really pleased with the patterns that I've knit so far um, and been really chuffed with the socks that I've made. And knitting the rye sock in a week took me a lot longer to knit the round round socks in the four ply. Uh, knitting the rye socks, I was like, yeah, it's thick socks all the way for me, I think. Anything double knit weight and above, I know that I'm going to be able to do quite quickly and I'm not going to lose patience with or, or get bored with. So good old good old rye sock is an iron weight. If you're not a sock knitter and you think you might want to knit socks and you've learned all the things you want to learn and you're ready for a new challenge, I think the rye socks would be a, a great pattern for you. Um, and there's a lot to love about it. There's a lot of interest in it as well. Even though I did have a bit of an issue on the toe shaping of my first sock because I lost my marker um, at the beginning. And I wasn't sure where the beginning of the round was. Um, but thank goodness for Ravelry Project page pictures. I could see from someone else's uh, <laughs> picture where the beginning of the round was. Dead chuffed with them. Um, and I hope that my friend is too when she gets them. And soon as they were off the blockers which I can use now for socks uh, rather than, than mittens or, or, or rather being an ornament in my office. I cast on another pair um, and these are the Brixham socks by Katja Frankel which appear in the January issue of The Knitter. Though I think they're going to be a single pattern soon from what 
um, she was saying on Twitter. And these are double knit weight top down heel flap socks, um, which feature a Gansey esque diamond pattern on the cuff. And I'll talk a little bit more about the yarn in a minute. But going back to what I was saying there about if you haven't knit socks before, if socks are on your list, then to try, then I do hope that you find the inclination and the right pattern and yarn combo and find the inspiration to do it when you're ready to. And if you are a knitting chum who can't understand why your friend isn't knitting socks yet, which I have had a lot of this, don't harangue them. Don't say, oh, but they're so easy. Why aren't you knitting socks? They're so fast and they're so easy and you can transport them, blah, blah, blah. Knitting is an organic thing and some start knitting socks Others work up to them, others do sweaters or shawls or colour work or lace, which other people, you know, might struggle with. So it, it's all a very organic experience. When I first started knitting, I couldn't do um, things like stretchy sock cast-ons, I couldn't pick up stitches or do short rows or any of those things. So now I'm armed with those those skills and that's maybe why it's taken me a little bit longer. But I've got there and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So... There's always a challenge in knitting. You just have to be ready to take it up. Uh, there's definitely a flow to these things. So don't worry if there's something on your list that you haven't learned yet or you haven't, you wish that you could do, you'll get there. For instance, the next thing that I need to, to learn when the inclination comes over me is Fair Isle. <laughs> Isla from Brit Yarn sent me this illustrious yarn to review and it's 70% Falkland Merino and 30% UK Alpaca. It comes in a 100 gram ball, uh, 225 metres and the yarn is machine washable at 30 degrees. It's available in 13 colours which I think must be their biggest range to date. And it's certainly an attempt to produce a more luxury brand from West Yorkshire Spinners. The feel of the ball is very yieldy and, of course, soft, like you need me to tell you, uh, with that combination of fibre content. And through my fingers, when I was knitting with it, it was a little like velvet. It was very nice and... The longer, finer alpaca hairs are visible in the ball and are very silky. And unfortunately, I do tend to get a red nose and mouth and a little itchy around the mouth and nose when using uh, alpaca because they do shed a little. But considering I've had the cold this last week, I think I probably hardly noticed breathing in all those little um, lisps of, of alpaca. I did have a little bit of the of the alpaca stubble rash, as I like to call it. Not that I was snogging it or anything, just the, just the hairs in the atmosphere. Funnily enough, though, the Chilla Valley alpaca didn't bother me so much. You might remember that I, I reviewed that a couple of episodes ago. Um, I wasn't sure what to knit with the yarn, but since there's a lot of sock production in this house... I thought that it would be they would be really good for bed socks um, for me, really, really soft. Because I don't think the lovely fella appreciates my ice blocks in bed. And I often do wear socks in the wintertime because my feet do get very cold. But off, often, I don't know if anyone else is like this, so if it's just me, they can heat up really quickly. And so I like to wear nice loose socks so that I can flick them off um, if needs be. So... I was flicking through some of the back issues of the knitter on 
on Zinio. I don't know if any of your libraries offer e-magazines, um, but you should check them out if they do, because there are quite a good lot of, of knitting ones available. Um, and I saw the Brixham Socks by Katja Frankel in uh, the January issue of The Knitter. And it's got, as I said before, that simple, effective diamond cuff. And I thought, if I knit them in the bigger size, they would be perfectly slouchy bed socks. And what could be nicer in bed than that soft merino and alpaca? <laughs> um, the illustrious knits really smoothly. And I would say that definitely there is a surface halo of, of fibres, mainly those alpaca fibres. So I do think that you will get a bit of pilling with, with this yarn. But as we know, pilling happens with all yarns. And that's just something that we as knitters learn to deal with, don't we? Um, I was very keen that I wanted to have this blend as a pair of bed socks. I don't know what the yarn would be like as, as everyday socks, um, but certainly as bed socks, they are soft and fluffy and just really just what the doctor ordered. What I've really liked about, about um, the yarn is that while it's lovely and soft, the stitches are defined and that the ribbing and the galancy pattern are, are very noticeable and I'm really chuffed um, with, with how they look. Again, I know that I try and give you a good mixture of yarns on this show when I review and I know that there's lots of you who do love your soft yarns and this would be a fantastic, fantastic one. I mean... You know merino, you know alpaca, and together they make great bedfellows, if you don't <laughs> pardon the pun. But yeah, I've, I've been pleasantly surprised knitting with it. I did think it might be a yarn that would pill as soon as you started working with it, but there hasn't been any of that at all. I've had some, some merino and alpaca hand eye that has done that, you know, that I was knitting with and it was pilling as I was knitting with it. But these actually, whether it's the spin or, or the preparation, I don't know. But um, although there is surface fibre there, um, there are no pills as I'm knitting with it. Well, I can only report back, can't I, on how they how they wear it. But I'm really, really chuffed with the yarn and I'm pleasantly surprised, I have to say. I wasn't sure what to expect when... Um, West Yorkshire Spinners launched this yarn but I like that it's a more affordable uh, luxury brand yarn for, for uh, Falkland Merino and Alpaca it's it's 10.95 for a 100 gram ball which if you're looking for a little luxury you know that's really good and I'm impressed with the colour range I have been a bit of a critic before on West Yorkshire Spinner's colour range. I do think that some of their Air Valley colours are a little bit gaudy, too strong. Um, there's not enough balance. I think they've got a nice balance um, with the Illustrious. Uh, as I said, there's 13 shades. The, the shade that I have here is the Sandstone, which is a, is a very pretty fudgy colour. Um, very nice. In some lights it looks more pinky, I would say, um, but in the fading light of um, the afternoon here in my office with the light on, it looks more more fudgy. Looking at those 13 colours, there is there is an emphasis on more pinks and purples and oranges and, and that kind of spectrum. And I really like the mulberry as well, which is a deep, deep um, purple plum colour. And there are a couple of marled shades as well, which are really nice. 
of lichen and the heather is is slightly marled as well. So there is a there is more of a selection, I would say, in in this range of West Yorkshire spinners where colours are concerned. If that has been, perhaps like me, that's been maybe one of your complaints about West Yorkshire spinners. I can't complain about West Yorkshire spinners in any other way because um, I love the way that they spin their yarns. I love their Air Valley. Um, again, that's another washable yarn. Every time it goes in the washing machine, it comes out feeling woollier and, and lovelier than ever. So I, I really don't have any complaints about West Yorkshire spinners at all, apart from the fact that their colours can be a little outdated, uh, but not with the illustrious at all. And very impressed with the softness, very impressed with the nice sheen on the yarns and I am really pleased with my Brixham socks which have knitted up beautifully and I'm nearly finished the second one so hopefully by the time the podcast goes out I can put up a picture of both um, but they're exactly what I wanted them to be they're soft they're slouchy and my adventure with socks continues so once again the yarn is West Yorkshire Spinner's Illustrious Double Knitting. You get 225 metres in 100 gram ball. The yarn is machine washable on the wool cycle, though don't tumble dry. I think it will be awesome for wintry hats and cowls and, and, and things. And certainly is they're, they're warm. It's going to be a warm yarn. It's going to provide you with a little bit of luxury um, this winter. It costs ten ninety five for that hundred gram ball, and Isla has all thirteen shades. You can visit Brit Yarn uh, by clicking the logo in the show notes or uh, going to www.brityarn.co.uk. Thank you so much to Isla for that yarn to review, and I will be talking about more Brit Yarn news a bit later in the show. <laughs> Back in October, I got a lovely email from Debbie Zawinski, who has recently published a book with Schoolhouse Press called In the Footsteps of Sheep. Now, this is um, a, a book which follows Debbie on a journey through Scotland, where she goes on a sort of a mission to, to walk, spin and knit socks through Scotland. And she's travelling and camping through Scotland and casting on wool from 10 Scottish sheep breeds, then spinning the wool using a spinning stick while she walked um, on her journey, and then designed and knit a pair of socks to represent each breed. The breeds that she's encountered on the way are, of course, Shetland, Scottish Blackfaces, Hebrideans, Borares, Soes, North Country Cheviots, North Ronaldsies, Castle Milk Murrets and Beaumonts, uh, to name just a few. And I just want to read you a little bit from the, from the introduction, actually. For 25 years, I have been a spinner. Before that, a knitter and always a walker. For the last six years, I have walked and camped my way around bits and pieces of Scotland. And for the last three years or so, I've been knitting socks. I can turn any adventure into a pair of socks. As I walk, I gather fleece from fences, gaps in fences, gateways, prickly bushes, and lying in tufts on the ground. I spin as I walk. With every step, I make another tiny length of yarn, and eventually I have spun the landscape into a whole skein. My spinning and knitting have become a way of recording my travels. My socks are not only footwear, but diaries. 
The pair of socks I made not only incorporated the 10 sheep breeds of Scotland, but also a story of my journey, a story of sheep, a story of ways of life, a tale of chance encounters along the way. In truth, this is a book about far more than one pair of socks. Making and giving socks became my way of saying thank you to all who helped me in my quest and within these pages are all the stories and the patterns from my summer in the footsteps of sheep. I just had a preview of this book, I didn't have the whole book, but from the chapters that I have, this is a really impressive book and one that if you are interested in British breeds and nature and craft, um, then I think this would be a book for your Christmas wish list too. The photography is really stunning and each chapter is about another sheep breed and, and Debbie's visit to that area and the people that she's in, she encounters and a bit of the um, landscape and the geography and the location. And as I say, although it was a preview, I definitely get the sense of Debbie's connections to the land and the sheep and the people and I just love the the how she's written about it, how she's travelled on, on foot on this journey and walking and knitting and spinning. There's just something that resonates with me in that, I guess, because of I think of Shetland women um, who knit while they worked, you know, walking to the peat hill and doing manual labour and, and carrying heavy loads of um, peats or whatever and, and knitting too and I, I think that kind of resonated with me. This looks to me like a really beautifully illustrated exploration uh, travel log as well as about knitting and wool and of course our beloved British breeds. Um, is initially available from Schoolhouse Press uh, if you go to www.schoolhousepress.com, you'll find it there. Although, do remember that that's in the US, so it's fine for you, you North American listeners. But anybody listening who might be purchasing from outside the US, do remember about postal charges and things. Uh, it's not available on Amazon.co.uk, uh, which some people, listeners may be happy about who don't like Amazon. Uh, try asking at your local bookstore uh, if they can get you in a copy or ask at your local yarn store if they're able to get it in because it's a lovely book and um, just reading the few chapters that I did have something really resonated with me and I really love Debbie's prose and writing style and you feel like you're there with her you know on the journey with her so it's a lovely book it's In the Footsteps of Sheep by Debbie Zawinski it's published by Schoolhouse Press it's available from Schoolhouse Press for $26 and you might have to seek it out in the UK. Thank you so much to Debbie for letting me have a little look at that lovely book. I have a nut update. The nuts are out of the oven. They are deliciously candied and paprika-ish, uh, but I have burnt my finger on some molten sugar coating. It's very sore. So I may not be making this for anybody for Christmas now. I think I've been put off the idea. Delicious, though though the, the savoury delights are. I have a big blister on my finger now. Feeling quite sad about it. Anyway, the antidote for sadness of burnt fingers is yarn. 
Um, I wanted to tell you about a re recent purchase I made of the Yarny Persuasion. Please bear with me while I scruffle. A couple of weeks ago, Isla sent me a little tweet to say that she was really excited because she just put up some Lincoln long wool in the shop. And of course, I had to go over straight away and have a little look at the said Lincoln long wool. And then found myself adding two balls to my basket and um, they arrived the very next day and I wanted to tell you a little bit about this glorious yarn. The yarn comes from the Risby flock. It's, it's Lincoln long wool lamb's wool and it's available in a two-ply lace weight, a double knit and an aran. And what struck me about um, the yarn when I saw it on the website was that it has a really lovely golden lustrous hue. Um, it's of course the natural colour um, from the undyed fleece and I don't know I just I really liked I really liked that there was a luster. I, I wanted to go for the lace weight. Um, and, and and make a lace weight shawl because I've only really ever made one lace weight shawl um, which was Carrie's Hoxna shawl and so I thought maybe I could make something else. The Risby Flock is situated on the North Wold Scarp between the villages of Walesby and Tealby and the flock was established in 2004 with six yows and a ram and now they have a 35 strong breeding flock and every year they get around 40 to 50 lambs and what I really like about this yarn is that it's single breed single flock and there's something very satisfying about this because you feel like you're really contributing to the ongoing um, health and well-being and maintenance of those flocks don't you so the wool is grown in lincolnshire it's spun in ghoul uh, in east riding of yorkshire and the ball weights well well for the for the lace weight uh, you get 175 meters per 50 grams but then i would say that this two-ply lace weight is is more of a light fingering but that that's just my my opinion from from the yarn in the ball the double knit weight is a 50 gram ball and you get 112, 12 meters with that. And then just this week, there's an iron weight that's been added, which is 105 meters. And the, that looks a really lovely, plumpy, uh, three ply iron weight. Very nice. And um, it says on, on Isle's website that it's a slightly different yarn because it's three plied and it's been worsted spun at a different mill uh, to the lace weight. So instead of ghoul, the aran is spun at Horncastle in Lincolnshire. Again, very, very, very local. But the growing and the spinning and the processing is all done in a very small area, really. Um, I like the look of the aran, I have to say. It looks plumpy and even and and looks like it would knit really smoothly. Yes, I'm, so I'm really looking forward to finding out what that might, what, what that might become. Um, and really looking forward to knitting with it. It feels, the hand squish grab, um, it feels slightly crisp, but when I run my fingers through the length of the wool, it feels quite silky and quite lanolin-y. I should probably describe the breed for you. Lincoln long wool is obviously a luster 
uh, wool category breed. It originated in the Middle Ages and was further developed in Lincolnshire from the 1700s, first as a sheep for wool and then improved for the meat as well as the wool. It's the, one of the largest British breeds and it produces a very heavy and long lustrous fleece. The breed is on the Rare Breed Survival Trust watch list as a vulnerable breed, which means there are only between 500 and 900 animals uh, recorded in the UK. Uh, a really good resource of spun wool, it's really good to utilise that and do our small bit as crafters to help maintain that breed. As I said, the handle is crisp but lustrous. The natural colour is a creamy golden white and the micron range is between 35 and 38. So it is not the very softest of the long wools. It's going to have beautiful drape and it's probably going to have really nice stitch definition. Now I don't know if anybody who's taken part in the breed swatch along has uh, tried this breed yarn yet. I really should try and swatch with it um, but I think this is a really special yarn and I love that Isla has this in stock at Brit Yarn because well I'm a huge fan of our British blended wools. I'm a huge fan of our commercially spun wools. It's great that British wool is becoming more and more available by commercial yarn companies but we can't forget about small producers and we can't forget about these small flocks who are producing incredible yarns and I'm so pleased that Isla can give some of these yarn producers a platform at Brit Yarn. I asked Isla about the um, Lincoln long wool and she says she's just received more of the double knit which totally sold out and I think that um, the farmers at the Risby flock were really surprised uh, and delighted that it had sold out so quickly. So what she's got in terms of double knit is all that she's got at the moment until more has been spun. And that Aaron that I mentioned, there's a small amount of that. And um, and as I said, it's spun at a different mill, much closer to, to the farm itself. And when the next lot of DK is spun, that's also going to be spun at the same mill. The prices are £10.50 for that Aaron weight. £5 for the double knit and £5 for the lace weight. You know, if you've never tried a single breed yarn before, a British or a British breed, and you want to try, go over to um, somewhere like Brit Yarn, pick a ball of yarn, buy one and try one. And this would be a perfect example, I think, of, of getting to know a breed that's slightly different, that you don't see available as a spun yarn very often, I think. So uh, that is 100% Lincoln Longwool Lambswool, grown uh, by the Risby flock and sold at Brit Yarn. Now, what else has been happening at Brit Yarn? Well, Isla has got the two sh seasonal shades of West Yorkshire Spinners, which is perfect for your winter socks if you are doing some gift knitting. Um, those are £7.20 each, available in the Cherry Drop solid colour and the Hollyberry patterned colourway. I actually saw uh, this in the flesh the other day and it's quite nice. I like the red. The, the Cherry Red is, is, a, is a really festive red indeed. And while we're on the subject of all things seasonal at Brit Yarn, we should probably mention the last posting dates for Christmas, which I know... 
a lot of us, including myself, are resisting the thought of. But if we want our yarn, then we better remember, hadn't we? So the very last Brit Yarn Post Office run day is going to be on Wednesday the 23rd. But if you want your orders in time for Christmas, then you should order by Monday the 21st of December if you're in the UK. And if you're outside the UK, order by the 15th of December. And that is when Royal Mail are recommending are the last posting dates for Christmas if you want it to arrive on the big day. So those are your dates for Brit Yarn. And it's worth also noticing that the shop is will be open after Wednesday the 23rd of December, but no orders will, will be posted out until Tuesday the 5th of January 2016 after that date. And talking about Isla, herself and I have been in conversations this week about something exciting that we can tell you more about next month. Uh, but it is going to be something that you might want, just might want to join in with. Hello to the new kids in the Ravelry group, Twisted Traditions, who is Lorraine from Ontario, Northern Lace, who is Liz from Orkney. Hello, Liz. Lovely to have you joining in the group. Back to Basics, who is Greta from Richmond, British Columbia, Sandy Beth, who is Sandy from Shropshire, Lady CJ, who is Caroline from Cheltenham, and Opera Joe who is uh, Joanna from, from Berkeley, California. And over in the hello thread, uh, we have got Sandy Beth, who says, Hello, I'm Sandy. I'm an avid knitter from the Shropshire Welsh borders. I have a huge stash to knit from um, of various sources, but have pledged to only buy British from now on. That's fantastic, Sandy Beth. That's really great to hear. Opera Joe has also said hello in the thread and says, Hi, I'm Joanna. I live in Berkeley, California, and I've been knitting for about a year now. And boy, I am obsessed. I love, love, love the podcast, having just discovered it last month. I look forward to many more episodes. Well, hello, Opera Joe, and I hope you're enjoying the podcast today. Dartmoor Yarn says, Hi, I'm Becky. I've been lurking a while, meaning to start knitting a swatch, but not getting around to it. Finally have knitted it, and I thought I should introduce myself before I post. I have been knitting since I was about six, which is way more years than I want to admit to. On the yarn front, I also crochet, but I mostly knit. Apart from wool, I also love ghost stories, but I don't know any stories about ghosts who knit. Now, there is a challenge for you listeners. If you know... Of a story about a ghost who knits. We want to hear about it here on the Knit British Podcast. Um, I also want to say hello to everyone who's come over to the Knit British Podcast from uh, finding out about it via Wovember. And thank you so much for all your Wovember feedback as well. Uh, we're obviously approaching the last week of Wovember, which is kind of sad, as it always feels this time, you know, as we're winding down. But my goodness, we still have some amazing content to come your way. Uh, so head on over to www.wovember.com and catch up with some of those posts because there's there's been a lot of, of great content. Well, that is about it for this episode. And myself and my burnt finger are going to take themselves off to for a nice pack. I'm going to be back next week with a little episode about kits and clubs. Uh, if you are considering kits for your Christmas gift list, 
And until we meet again, take good care. Thanks for listening to the Knit British Podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me louise at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British. And I'm on Ravelry as Lyra.